My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. And if you are new, Couch Talks is the special bonus episode of Uni Therapy where I answer questions that listeners send to me through email. And you can send those to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. Now, a little reminder before we get started, because I am answering your questions this week. So sometimes it can be a little confusing that although I'm answering your questions, this podcast does not ever serve as a substitute or a placement for any actual mental health services, although it's allowed to help you in whatever space you're in. I usually answer one question a week, and that's what we're going to do today, and I have a lot to say on this question, so we're going to bypass any extra things that I just really want to talk about today, including my Harry Potter update. Don't worry, you'll get one next week, Um, and we're going to get right to the question. So another reminder, I like to keep these questions anonymous, so you can feel safe sending in whatever you want to send in. I'm not going to read your name or your email address or anything like that, and the only reason anybody would know it was from you is because you told them. So let's get into this question. Hey, Kat, I love your podcasts, especially as I'm finding them in a really trying time. As a studying therapist, I'm finding terminations extremely difficult, especially when there's so little context. What guidance can you give me to not take it so personally and to find closure on my part? Okay, so what I think this listener is referring to is terminations between clients and therapists, which is a fancy way to allude to the ending of a therapeutic relationship. And I think the word termination has 
a very negative connotation to it. Like it feels like scary and dark and bad. When in reality, they can happen for all kinds of reasons that are sometimes even just neutral. So if this question was not talking about that, I'm sorry, but this is going to be a really helpful episode talking about what that is and how to move through it for those of you who maybe have that in their head. Let's first start, what could a termination, like why would there be a termination? Let's talk about some of the reasons. This is not a complete list of reasons. These are just some. A client could move. A client could need care outside of your scope. A client maybe crosses a boundary of a therapist, and so the therapist needs to terminate the relationship. Or a therapist crosses a boundary with a client, and so the client needs to terminate that relationship. Maybe the client just wants a new therapist, and it could be a million different reasons. Maybe the client has reached the goals that they set with that therapist, and they want to maybe pause therapy or just stop therapy altogether. They don't really want to go anymore. Or maybe a client ghosts you and you have no idea, right? And this happens to everybody, just like in dating. And it doesn't mean you did anything wrong, which I think is really important. Every therapist is going to be ghosted more than one time in their career. And if they tell you that they haven't, then that's very confusing to me. (laughs) They might be lying, which we'll get into. So depending on the reason, how you go about kind of sitting with and processing that experience might be different. This listener sounds like they were looking for guidance on how to not take something personally. So I wonder if they're referring to when a client just wants to stop therapy and they don't really have a specific reason or they want a different therapist or they ghost you. Now, like I said in the beginning, I have a lot to say on this topic, so some stuff might end up feeling like it contradicts itself. That is because there's a lot of both and in this subject. For example, it's not about us and it can teach us something about ourselves at the same time. That's a big one. And so I'm not trying to contradict myself. I just think there's a lot of things happening all at once in these experiences. So before I say anything else here, I want to encourage anyone who relates to this to stop and recognize their own experience here. I want you to recognize the human part of you because yes, you're a therapist and that requires us to kind of put on hold some of our own personal feelings, but we can't just get rid of those. So I want you to recognize what's even going on. Even if I have boundaries and I in quotes know that things aren't always about me, I'm still going to probably have feelings about the ending of a relationship like this. So I would encourage some extra supervision or even a therapy session with your therapist centered around this. What does it bring up in me when this happens? What are the assumptions that come to my mind? What are the feelings that come up and the thoughts that then float in my head? Talk about this stuff. And therapists should talk about this stuff with other therapists. I think that is so helpful and we need to know that we're not alone in this experience. I'm not the only one who goes through tough terminations. I am a person too, and processing these things allows me to show up as a better therapist. And if you ever hear, like I said before, if you ever hear a therapist say that they've never had clients ghost them, or that they've never had feelings about a client ghosting them, they're most likely lying. So go find somebody else to talk to. which there's probably a reason that they're lying, right? We don't just lie for fun, even though sometimes it feels that way. The more insecure we are about something, the more we feel like we have to protect a thing we're insecure about. So 
I'm a human. It only makes sense that I have feelings that come up when a client decides to just never answer my email again, especially if I thought that relationship was going well, or especially if maybe I'm, I feel like we had a tough session that I never hear them again. Those both can bring up very different things. And I've experienced both of those things where I think I had this breakthrough and then my client cancels the next session and never answers an email. And when I feel like we've had a really rocky session and I really wasn't on my A game and I never hear from them. I had feelings with both of those experiences and they brought up very different things in me. And so the shame part of me says, don't talk about that, hide that, make sure everybody knows that you're great at what you do and that you're awesome and blah, 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 blah. But the human part of me, the part that really takes on this healthy shame, humility side says, huh, I'm having stuff come up in me. I need help. I'm having stuff come up in me. I'm not perfect. It's okay to share it because the more I share, the more I can release some of that toxic shame. And being a good therapist means you can recognize you're limited, which is so important. I think sometimes people think being a good therapist means that you're not limited, but being a good therapist means you recognize that you are limited because we're human, so we're limited, and we can't know everything, which, I mean, it's part of being human. We don't have all the answers, and we don't have the ability to always be what a client needs or wants. So rather than just say, oh, this is all their stuff, has nothing to do with me, I'm great, I'm wonderful, and ignore when this happens, maybe you can say, this has more to do with the client then it has to do with me. And is there anything I can learn about myself here? And even if a client does not have a very emotionally mature way of terminating the relationship, they might still offer us some stuff to think about. And I have an example that can help kind of draw out what I mean. I, like I said, I totally relate to this question, um, especially early on in my career. And I definitely can relate to the beginning of me being a therapist and feeling personally attacked when a client didn't want to work with me. And I don't know the last time that I talked about this. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but one of my early on first clients begged, begged, begged to have a different therapist. And it's when I was in working in treatment and clients were assigned therapists and the rule back then, I think it's probably changed I have no idea. I would hope that there was some wiggle room in this. But back then there was, you couldn't change therapists there. You had to work through whatever was coming up, which had its bonuses. And my client did everything in their power to change therapists, including saying straight to my face, she didn't like me and including having meetings with my boss, telling her that I wasn't good at my job and why I wasn't good at it. And it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty tough. Now, What I know now is clients come to us to help themselves, not to fulfill a need in us, right? It's never truly really about us, but man, can they make it seem that way? They can really make it seem like everything is about what we say, what we do in a good way and a bad way. They can make it feel like, like we've hung the moon and that we have the power to say all these amazing things that then change their life and make their life this great, wonderful thing. And they can make it seem like we have the power to ruin them. And the truth is we don't have that much power over anybody. So like I said, that client couldn't switch to a new therapist. Therefore, we got the opportunity to have some very vulnerable conversations that were very scary to me at the time. And it turns out there was something that I did. I said something that hit a nerve in this client in the very first session. She was having what is called transference. I said something that hit a nerve in her. It reminded her of a part of her own life, her own story that she wanted to ignore, disprove, or run away from. She wasn't trying to have that. I brought something up in her. 
So it wasn't really about me. It was about the feelings that were brought up when she was with me. It was her stuff saying danger, danger, when there really wasn't any danger. And it's not that I said anything wrong. It's what that meant to her. But just because I necessarily didn't do anything wrong, and this was about the client's own experience and feelings, doesn't mean that I didn't learn something. And I learned a lot about rapport building with clients. Again, it's not that I did something wrong or that I was bad, but I got a firsthand look on how different clients may need different approaches and how to recognize that. And I got to really look at how I wanted my clients to see me versus how much I was really allowing the client to show me what they needed. Also, I got to practice making a repair with a client, which is also scary and hard. And I learned about humility in that experience and how necessary humility is in that therapeutic relationship. Because I think a lot of times we think we have to show up as very powerful and we actually just need to show up as really human. So sometimes that is the case. Sometimes it's not that deep. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault. 
but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Sometimes a client just wants a different therapist, maybe one that's older than them, maybe one that's the same age as them. Maybe they um, want to feel more similar to their therapist or they want to feel really different. And that can be a host of reasons and they, they don't really go super deep, but it still is about that, the client. I personally one time saw a therapist. I saw her once and then I canceled my next session and I didn't reschedule. And I did that because I wanted a therapist that was more seasoned. It wasn't necessarily that I thought she was bad, but I was a licensed therapist at the time looking for a new therapist and she was just out of her internship. So she like literally had just graduated and I really wanted a space where I didn't have to worry about thinking that I knew more than my therapist. I made assumptions about her based on what I knew and based on what I knew about my experience of being a therapist and how I grew as a therapist. I didn't really know anything about her except that she was a new therapist. She could have been exactly what I needed. She could have been a better therapist than me. That's a thing that we can weigh and judge. She didn't do anything wrong. And I didn't even have enough information about her to make a valid judgment about who and what she is. So there's really nothing to make of it for her. Other people only have the power to tell us what and who we are unless we give them that power. She didn't need to give me any power in that situation. So not about her, about my stuff. Also, she can learn something about that experience if she did give me a lot of power and she really took it very personally. It's kind of like dating, right? So therapists aren't going to be for everyone. That doesn't mean that there is a reason. And that doesn't mean that we have to find that reason and then fix ourselves. Sometimes it just means compatibility is a thing. And not being compatible with somebody doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong might mean that you're just being yourself and you can't be for everybody. Something else that might help in this area is remembering that we see the world through our lens and everyone else sees the world through their lens. And nobody, not one single person has the exact same lens and no one, not one single person, has the perfect or right lens. Therapists are not gods. We are not better than the average person. We aren't the center of any client's work and we aren't the center of any client's world. When I started my first internship, I was given this book called The Four Agreements. And one of the parts of that book, one of the agreements is don't take things personally. And I wanna read you something that comes directly from that book because I think it's really helpful in this situation and like every situation. But it says, whatever happens around you, don't take it personally. Nothing other people do is because of you. It's because of themselves. All people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They are in a completely different world than the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world and we try to impose our world on their world. I don't even know how to put into words how much I, I love this. The simple part, nothing other people do is because of you. It's because of themselves. It's one of those thoughts that like if you really sit with it, you can just like go in circles in your brain. 
when people do things, when, when clients leave us, when partners leave us, we're all doing things because of ourselves. We're not living our lives based on other people. And even when we think we're doing that, we're also doing that for ourselves because it's a need we need to fulfill on ourselves. So it's pretty wild to think about. And it's also so relieving that, gosh, I don't have to always be so mindful of the why behind every other person's what. I don't always have to do that. Sometimes that's important, but I need to be really mindful around the why and my what. Because I'm if I'm hyper-focusing on why a client left me or what I did wrong so I could fix this relationship, then I'm missing out on really the point of being a therapist. In this book, I just want to say real quick, it was a game-changing book. I recommend it to everybody, the four agreements. And the four agreements real quick are be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. So if you're interested in reading that, highly recommend. But like I was saying, you're missing out on like the, the best part of being a therapist. And I learned really early on, I think a lot of us do, that being a good therapist was very important to me. But I assumed that being a good therapist meant that my client's just for like really liked me and that being a good therapist is that I always got good feedback about myself from my clients and pretty soon I had to decide what was more important being liked by my clients and being able to hear those things I wanted to hear from them or doing my job and I reluctantly at times chose I, I it was more important for me to be able to do my job which comes with not being liked all the time and not hearing the things that we want to hear sometimes. And that can be really hard when you leave a day of sitting with clients. And sometimes it feels like we, we kind of got punched in the gut. Uh, we didn't get affirmation that we might want to hear in our lives or we might feel because of something that's going on in us. And it's not easy to say things to people that they don't want to hear. We don't have the luxury if we're choosing to do our job well. We don't have the luxury to sugarcoat things. So I learned I needed help. I needed places and I needed people to process my own emotions so I could do my job. And maybe that's what you're needing. Uh, maybe that's what's going to help you be able to not take these things so personally. A place where you can process this and really allow what's coming up to come up. I bet some of my best moments as a therapist just included me like planting seeds, which means that I'll never really see the fruit of that work. And those people where I planted those seeds, they might never know that I'm the one that planted the seed or even want to recognize it, which means that I also might not know what I actually am doing. I just have to trust that there's some good out there that I'm doing. And I could go on about this forever. Uh, this is something that has been really important to, to talk about and process and look at in my own life as a therapist, which then bled into my personal life. And I think that it's something that, yeah, I think this listener is kind of hitting it on the head. There's not a lot of work done around this situation in school and early on, but it's something that every therapist is going to bump up against more than once. So like always, I hope this was helpful. I hope it brought up some stuff in you that is going to lead you to getting whatever it is you need in this area. And I hope you guys have the day you need to have. You can follow me on Instagram at cat.defada and at Unitherapy Podcast. And if you have questions yourself, of course, remember you can send them to Catherine at Unitherapy Podcast. And maybe one day uh, your question will end up on an episode. 
I also appreciate follow-up questions from questions that I've answered. So if this brought up some stuff in you and made you think of something, send it my way. This situation, I mean, termination, we could also call it like breakups, right? So if anything has come up around relationships, whether they're friendships, personal family members, romantic partners, work relationships, if anything came up with that, send those questions my way. I love reading them. I love answering them. And I just like this way of being connected to you guys. So send them my way. Thank you for being here. Again, I'm going to say it. Have the day you need to have. And I'll talk to you again on Monday. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.